0: SECTION 7 OF THE NATIONAL GEOGRAPHIC MAGAZINE, VOLUME 7, FEBRUARY, 1896. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. RECORDING BY BETTY B. YUCATAN IN 1895 the following is taken from a valuable report recently received at the department of state from mr r l oliver united states consul at merida the government census is approaching completion and from data already received it is apparent that the total population of the state approximates five hundred thousand of whom sixty thousand are in merida yucatan has always been considered among the most advanced states of mexico in point of education schools have attained a high order since the advent of independence while under the control and supervision of the local governments the system of matriculation and education is mapped out by the federal and state authorities through their respective boards of education the law is compulsory and though it is not strictly enforced in Yucatan, reports show a good attendance. Sectarian schools are in decadence. In fact, they are only primary schools for the young. The revenue for their support is derived from donations by patrons. The nonsectarian or public schools are maintained at the expense of the state. The governor appoints directors who in turn select professors and teachers. The total expenditure for public instruction for the scholastic year eighteen hundred ninety four ninety five has been about a hundred thousand dollars gold. This sustained four hundred thirty five schools manufactures are confined to articles for local wants such as soap matches candles shoes rope etc. There are four railways owned and operated exclusively by natives. One broad-gauge road has 75 miles in operation. The others, narrow-gauge, average about 60 miles each, completed, but are in course of extension. Tariffs for passengers and freight are about one-half the rates charged for local business in the United States. Except wheat, rye, and other small grains, almost any plant will thrive, but the principal products are corn, beans, sugar and hemp the last named is a phenomenally hardy plant and flourishes almost equally well with or without rain corn beans and sugar require irrigation and yield barely sufficient for home requirements if there is a failure as at present in corn the deficiency is supplied from mexico or the united states the interior being unable to make up the deficiency in corn the legislative authorities of yucatan petitioned the federal government to reduce the import duties on foreign corn that this necessary article might be within the limit of moderate price the government scaled the tariff fifty per cent pending the next harvest and several cargoes have been imported from the united states the people are very industrious necessity would impel them to be so were they otherwise for although yucatan is not an overpopulated country the industries are so concentrated so lacking in diversity and so monopolized that the less fortunate are continually at a disadvantage and must necessarily be on the alert to share in the inadequate distribution this applies also to the professions labors in the city average eight hours work, are paid by the peace, in industrial pursuits, and earn about fifty cents gold per day. Railway and skilled laborers earn from seventy-five cents to one dollar per day. They wear the same clothing, chiefly cotton and linen, during the entire year. Sandals of the ancient Egyptian pattern are worn instead of shoes. Trade unions do not exist and cooperative action is infrequent except in cases of foreign intervention concerning which they are extremely sensitive on the plantations where it is necessary to be exposed to excessive tropical heat under the direct rays of the sun no laborers have withstood it as have the native indians in past times unsuccessful colonies were formed by europeans Later, Chinese were contracted for to work on the hemp plantations. They were not altogether satisfactory, as they are physically unable to complete the daily task allotted to the native laborers, that is, to cut a certain number of leaves of hemp sisal for a stipulated price. The daily task is two or three thousand leaves, at the rate of sixteen cents gold per thousand on this largely depends the pecuniary success of the planter not that his margin of profit is so limited in what it actually costs to produce this fiber but there is the enormous outlay for the preparation of the lands and for the planting the necessary delay of four or five years before the plant is large enough to cut the instability of the market which is ever fluctuating the onerous export duties state and federal the large personnel of the plantations mechanics overseers and servants who independent of their wages are advanced provisions and clothing and furnished medicine and medical attendance by the proprietor there is now a great scarcity of laborers and with the new applications of the sisal fiber and its consequent increasing demand it is becoming a serious question how to meet prospective emergencies. A project is on foot to subdue and domesticate the Maya Indians, variously estimated at from 10,000 to 20,000 in number, who have from time immemorial held invincible sway over the southeastern part of Yucatan. It is hoped to augment from them the number of farmhands, but even in the event of accomplishing the subjugation of this semi-barbarous race it is exceedingly doubtful if the present generation can be utilized so refractory are they to civilized pursuits and so indolent and thriftless their trading posts are on the boundary lines of british honduras at times their chiefs visit belize to purchase cloth replenish their ammunition and renew their contracts with the timber merchants who pay them so much per ton for the privilege of cutting wood in their territory they are friendly with the british and never interfere with negro cutters sent from belize but a mexican or a native of yucatan dares not encroach upon their lands as this part of yucatan is more healthful and its soil better adapted to the cultivation of fruits sugar cane, and grains it is not improbable that after the pacification of the mayas the government will offer inducements to foreigners seeking homes in the tropics the geographical and the topographical situation of this part of the peninsula would indicate that it is essentially a horticultural district down by the caribbean sea it is easily accessible to shipping and its products would find a market it lies in the path of vessels that now ply between the southern ports of the united states and ports of british and spanish honduras this would also be the route for vessels to and from nicaragua in the event of the building of the canal another advantage of transcendent importance is that of ascension bay which is one of the largest and deepest harbors in all mexico and with the exception of acapulco on the pacific affords a safer anchorage than any other this is a desideratum of no little magnitude when it is known that most of the mexican gulf ports are open roadsteads and that in the winter months when northern are frequent shipping is hazardous and uncertain up to eighteen hundred ninety one ninety two the credit of yucatan in europe was unlimited and our merchants enjoyed an enviable reputation for integrity but they were overtaken by the financial crisis which found them overstocked and deeply indebted collateral security shrank debts contracted in gold had to be met with its equivalent in silver which had coincidentally depreciated in its paying value fifty percent money became stringent and finally the collapse came many large dealers in dry goods and miscellaneous articles were forced to suspend. They represent to European creditors millions which are hopelessly lost. This unfortunate state of affairs is largely due to the long credit system. However, this salutary lesson has had the effect of restricting them to more business-like methods. The tide of trade will eventually turn to the United States this market affording quicker transportation facilities the chief articles of import embrace groceries canned goods etc dry goods notions cashmeres men's furnishings millinery and hardware of all descriptions except plows hoes etc which are not used hennequin sisal is the chief export the annual output is nearly four hundred thousand bales of four hundred pounds each in the first quarter of the present year there were shipped eighty one thousand thirty bales valued at five hundred eighty two thousand nine hundred thirty two dollars fifty cents united states currency on which state and federal duties amounting to one hundred thirty two thousand $481, $71,612 United States currency were paid over 12% ad valorem. Of the 81,030 bales shipped, 66,269 were destined for the United States. With the exception of a small fraction, they were transported in other than American vessels. The august eighteen hundred ninety five imports amounted to six thousand five hundred sixty eight tons two thousand one hundred thirty three tons were imported in american vessels four thousand four hundred thirty five tons in english norwegian and german vessels the exports amounted to six thousand six hundred tons of which five hundred sixty tons were exported in american vessels and 6,040 tons in English, Norwegian, and German vessels. From January to June, 1895, there were shipped to interior points of Mexico 3,070 tons of coarse, unrefined salt. The high tariff on foreign salt makes it an expensive article. The home mines are difficult to work, and as in most cases, they are only surface deposits of the sea. The yield depends greatly upon the weather. The exports of logwood for the first three months of 1895 show 2,634 tons, valued at $80,000 in United States currency, cleared for European countries. Other articles of export in small quantities are hides, hammocks, sarsaparilla etc the total declared exports to the united states for the fiscal year ending june thirtieth eighteen hundred ninety five were from progreso two million sixty two thousand nine hundred nine dollars from merida eight hundred ninety seven thousand seven hundred two dollars total two million nine hundred sixty thousand six hundred eleven dollars in united states currency value of imports during the fiscal year eighteen hundred ninety four to ninety five one million ninety two thousand nine hundred eighty one dollars value of exports eight million three hundred seventy six thousand six hundred eighty dollars total amount of federal duties paid thereon one million one hundred fifty five thousand nine hundred thirty two dollars End of section 7